Welcome to the KayaCast, the podcast for cannabis businesses looking to launch, grow, and scale their operations. Each week, we bring you interviews with industry experts and successful retailers, plus practical tips and strategies to help you succeed in the fast-growing cannabis industry. Hey everyone, in this episode, we are joined by John Yusufuri, the VP of Marketing at Trees. As a business owner, time is your most precious resource. Trees helps entrepreneurs understand what areas of the business requires attention through their robust reporting and analytics. In this episode, John gives us advice on what data points a dispensary owner should look at when trying to increase sales. This is a good one. I hope you guys enjoy all right. Well, thank you, John, for joining us today. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. Good to be here. What data points a retailer should look at in improving their business operations? For retail operators is product assortment, inventory management, mm. inventory optimization. Um, our main KPI, which is actually a tree-specific KPI, is called sellable velocity. So everyone's probably familiar with sell-through rate and sales velocity. Sellable velocity takes it a step further where not only are you measuring how quickly your products are selling, but in cannabis, you want to measure how quickly it's selling once it's in a sellable location. And that's a very different measurement than if it's just part of your inventory, if it's in the back. You want to actually measure how quickly is it selling or not selling if it's on the sales floor, ready to be sold. And that gives a level deeper visibility for the operator and it helps them make much better decisions. But product assortment is is the probably the key thing that operators are trying to figure out in cannabis, right? We're still in a very new, new industry um, with not a lot of standard practices. We're all building together. But RA, retail analytics, is really meant for retailers to look at their inventory data, what's selling, what's not selling, what do I need to get off the shelf, if, if it's not selling, can I discount it? Do smart discounting. Don't discount everything, but maybe the stuff that's not selling and really try to optimize my inventory. You made a really good point, an interesting point. Sellable velocity. Can you talk a little bit about the differences and the nuances between having inventory in the back right. and measuring how, how long you hold inventory to actual sellable inventory? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in cannabis, which you know, maybe, maybe it's a little different than traditional retail in this sense, but you have your inventory in the back, you have your inventory that you actually move into a sellable location, right? And so if you're just measuring what's in your inventory, you're only looking at the total pool of inventory that can be sold. But if you're looking at actually the inventory that is on the floor, ready to be sold, then you get that level deeper of like, okay, well, if that, if I can get my sellable velocity quicker, then I can actually affect all my inventory in the back. I can get it to, to the point where I'm going through my inventory quicker if I can see what's selling and what's not selling in the sellable location. If I'm just looking at what's in the back, you're looking at a very long, elongated view on what is selling and what's not selling. You want to be able to look at what I can actually sell. And until it's moved to that sellable location, you're not effectively looking at your, your real pool of sellable inventory. And that's that measurement is really key for, for operators. Regardless of that nomenclature, just having the data to see what's selling and not selling and how to optimize off of that, 
how to price differently, how to discount differently. These are all the things that retail analytics allows you to do. So how would somebody use sellable velocity to impact sales or impact their cash conversion cycle? Yeah. So simply by looking at what products and what their sellable velocity is, right? How quickly are they selling? You could say, I need to restock on this flower or this gummy or this product very, very soon. I could see how quickly it's going to sell out. Okay. If I'm looking at a product that has a very long sellable velocity or sales cycle, then I know I need to get it off the shelf quicker. So I need to do some smart things. By doing that, you're optimizing you know, your current inventory, but it also allows you to say, well, these products are not really selling at the velocity I need them to sell. So maybe I won't buy as much, or maybe I won't buy at all. But these are the products that are consistently selling my top items and I need them to be in stock at all times. I need to be in, be in a sellable location at all times. And if you're only, again, looking at your total pool of inventory, then you're not really optimizing for your, your shelf space. You're only optimizing for your total pool of inventory. And that really is important for cash cash flow, right? If yeah. you need to get the products in and out, right? And it's a very systemic way of doing things, um, but it's it, it helps optimize your cash flow, your inventory, your revenue, your sales cycles, um, and all your processes, right? Right now, retailers are probably spending countless hours just trying to get to, to some measurable data point of how their inventory is selling and how to optimize it. Hmm. Yeah, you made a really good point. It's inventory that's on the floor, which shelf is limited. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so you don't have that much shelving space. How do you know which inventory to hold? That's right. And that that that's the data that you get in RA is you can see exactly which products are the ones that you should consistently keep on your shelves. You're always going to want to experiment with different products, new products, but if you can get to that point where you're measuring effectively, I mean, we've seen retailers who prior to using sellable velocity were essentially missing out on a huge revenue potential by not keeping certain products in stock, right? Because they're only measuring on total inventory, not sellable velocity, not their shelf space. So if you look at it just from a shelf space pr perspective, then you can optimize and say, I need to continuously run through these cycles of my inventory and always have product available ready to put on that shelf because it continues to turn over. And if you, I don't do that, have, if I don't do that, I lose out on all that revenue. Yeah. Yeah, you probably have this data. Do you have the data in terms of like quantifiable uh, dollar terms? What you've seen retailers hold in inventory or sell before using sellable velocity? So we did a pre-post analysis when we first launched um, sellable velocity, when we first launched retail analytics. Mm -hmm. And you know we've seen retailers on average lose about $20,000 in lost sales a week. Wow. Just, just, by, just by not having that data point, by not using that data point. Yeah. And conversely, by using it can recoup or generate 20,000 more in sales a week by using that data point. Wow. That's, 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 that's huge. It's significant. Right. And, um, 
I think that's the more we can use data. I mean, as you, you and I both know, and as many people know, data is paramount. So the more you can actually use data to inform your business decisions, the, the better your operation should run. Um, it's not as simple as that. There are people behind that, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's key. Well, let's talk about that a, a little bit. I, our listeners are very keen on how do we operate more effectively? And we always have this saying, there's really only two ways for you to increase sales. You increase, you can increase the number of customers you serve, or you can increase the transaction size. How should somebody leverage data to increase sales in their business? There's, there's a lot of tenants to that. I think we, we look at both, but we certainly look at average order value and transaction size a lot. Right. Um, you know, we have a, a, payment solution, TreesPay, uh, which many of our customers use and have adopted. And the more we can get customers to adopt cashless payments, the higher the average order value, just, you know, on average, typical retail environment. So if you're using something like ACH or you're paying with a card, on average, you're going to spend, you know, 25 to 40% more than if you just use cash. Um, so our retailers are seeing pretty good success by incentivizing that, right? Saying, hey, if you use your card today, we'll give you a discount or we'll give you some type of loyalty reward for that. Um, so the trade-off is the customer gets, you know, some some discount or something off of, of their payment or some reward for future payment. Um, and the, the retailer stands to gain just more in sheer transaction volume, right? Um, and that's just kind of the basic initial stuff that retailers can do to get their transaction, average transaction size up, average order value up. Um, I think figuring out how to get more customers and building in the loyalty aspect is, an, is another part of that. Um, and, you know, we're, we're constantly communicating with customers and partners on how to do that. We don't sell a loyalty solution, but we have partners that mm-hmm. do that. Um, and I think that's, that's a really key component too, but payments is, is, you know, uh, a huge factor in cannabis. Um, it's it's something that's a pain point in general, right? Because uh, you can't just accept any type of payment. Um, but those that that do, and and we're seeing some really good traction with our ACH solution um, called Swifter, is if if you're able to get your customers to pay more with uh, cashless payments, your revenue on average per month will shoot up roughly 20 to 25%. Um, and that, wow. that's huge, right? And the more we can get our retailers, uh, retailers at large to, to push those solutions, the more they stand to gain and the better the consumer experience as well. Right? Customers are used to paying with their card, used to not paying with cash. So I think meeting them where they are is, is a really good experience for them and should help with, with, increasing revenue for the retailer. What other data points should an operator pay attention to when managing their business? So I think if I look at the entirety of a retail operation, there's the front end and the back end, right? So on the back end, you're looking at inventory management, product assortment, um, labor costs on on managing all of that. On the front end, you're looking at your your front, front of house staff right? So your, your butt tenders, your sales associates and optimizing, you know, their, their performance or, or their, um, their labor, right. And making sure that 
they can balance the role of a bud tender, which is to provide really good education for the consumer and the ability to um, cross-sell and upsell different products, right? The typical kind of sales associate role. Um, so that data is very important as well, right? To see how, which bud tenders are performing, um, what can they do to, to improve their performance? How can we educate them on, on all the products that are being sold so that they can educate the consumers? So there's a lot of different tenants to that. Um, there are specific dashboards within retail analytics that actually show you all of this um, as well. And so that if you're a GM or a, a manager, um, you could see all of that data and you can work with your, your staff. I think it's really important also to understand where sales are coming from, whether it's offline, online, e-commerce, delivery, um, and, and you know, understand your consumer base and where they're buying and optimize for that as well. Um, and you know, this is probably where maybe your solution, Kaya, also kind of crosses over with trees, which is the just the sheer labor to sales data that typical retailers will look at to say, when are my really, really busy times? What are my not so busy times? And how do I make sure I staff up when appropriate and I staff down when, when I don't necessarily need all, everyone in the store? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> those, those data points, we constantly hear from customers that that's what they look at. That's what they need. They need the sales data and all the, the really, really important data points that retail analytics gives you and the need to tie that data to other platforms, other systems that have other data points, you know, ERP solutions, business intelligence solutions, uh, workforce management solutions, what have you. And to tie all those, those systems together is, is becoming really, really important. And that's also part of what we've been focusing on in the last you know, three to six months is how do we tie all those systems together? How do we take our data and make sure you know, it can integrate and uh, play well with whatever other tools retailers are using? What decisions can be made by knowing where sales come from, online, delivery, in-store? So um, by knowing that, you could definitely look at, um, you know, how do I, how do I get more e-commerce sales? Um, how do I get, how do I optimize my marketing spend as well, right? If, if I'm seeing a lot of my uh, sales that are coming from in-store, then I'm going to want to focus a lot of my attention on generating as much revenue from the in-store experience as possible. If I'm seeing that um, e-commerce is working well, um, then I want to make sure that, you know, I have a really uh, top top of the line e-commerce experience so that I can get the most out of that. Make sure my my products are are ready to be sold on e-commerce at all times. Um, but most importantly, I think it's just understanding where where your customers specifically like to purchase. And there's a there's a lot of nuances by market, by geo, by store um, that that gives you that that insight. I mean, we have customers who. 70% of their, their, their sales are online in-store, uh, e-commerce, uh, in-store pickup. And then we have the, the inverse on many other, uh, customers where it's mostly in-store. So I think it's just a matter of how do we make sure that the experience is, is optimized for where your customers want to buy, um, and making sure that, that you're, 
your marketing strategy and your budgeting, um, you know, align with that. So as an operator, how can I leverage data to determine if I'm optimized with the SKUs that I have? How do I know that I have too many? It, it's not as simple as that. This is, again, an art and science thing. I mean, there are books mm -hmm. that'll tell you carry 100 SKUs, carry 50 SKUs. There are consultants who will tell you, I, I've seen it work at 500. It's different per industry. There's no, like, I think one specific standard. We typically tell customers 300 or less is probably... The average you should carry, right? Um, the higher you get, the just the harder it is. But some some dispensaries want that brand. They want to carry everything, right? And they want their consumers to know them for being that that retailer. Um, so it's a little bit of that at play as well. But from a pure data perspective, I mean, it goes back to what's selling and what's not, right? Like, you know that there are going to be certain brands, certain products that are going to fly off the shelf, regardless. Right. Those are always the ones you're going to want to keep in stock. And then they're going to be the ones that, you know, are maybe not as well known or not as well adopted that you're going to want as maybe your second tier brands. And then everything else is something you should test with. I mean, we have customers like Embark um, who who have 85 percent of their inventory, roughly standard every every in every location. It's the same products no matter what. And then they play around with the other 15 percent. Right. And so that limits their skew count. It optimizes their product mix. It keeps things really, really tight. And it also plays with what they're trying to be, which is a kind of an exclusive type of brand. Um, but that's not for everybody. But there is a there is opportunities to use that data, the inventory data we talked about earlier, to as a starting point at least to say these are the minimum amount of brands and SKUs I should carry. What other data points that we haven't spoken about that retailers should really, really think about? when managing their inventory? I think, I mean, profit margin and, and what we call gross profit um, versus gr just pure gross margin, right? I think if you can get to a point where you're measuring your average order profit, not just average order value, but the profit you're gaining on every order, that becomes really, really important. And, and you know, we're, there are only a handful of, probably customers that can do this really well today. But the ones that do, I mentioned Embark, they're one of them. That's their whole business model is predicated on profit, right? So we talked a lot about sales, transaction volume, average order value, revenue. But in the end, profit is key, right? Revenue growth and limiting uh, you know, costs out the door, expenses are two ways to grow your profit. And it, but if you're not measuring that, and if you're not measuring that on an inventory basis or an order basis, that it's really, really hard to get there. And, you know, our goal for next year at Trees is, is to help retailers become profitable. So we think the path there is to save on, on labor costs and use a platform like Trees to help you do that and, and all the data that, that it gives you and also grow your revenue uh, to help you grow and, and maintain that profit. But in order to get there, you have to measure it. So when I look at the key data points that, that retailers and operators should look at, it's measuring the profit uh, from your inventory, not just the sell through, not just the, um, you know, the, the different products that you're selling or not selling. It's, it's the profit margin. We just came off Green Wednesday. Um, and 
I think it's really important when we look at a holiday like Green Wednesday to really understand what's happening. And our data shows something a little bit different than I think what what you see out there um, in the public realm, which is that, yes, Green Wednesday is a huge sales day, right? But when you actually look at week over week analysis, pre and post, you'll start to see that the total sales volume is not that different week over week. Because what ends up happening is consumers will take Green Wednesday and Black Friday specifically and stock up on those two days because it's a long holiday weekend. And they'll have that um, that product to use for the entire weekend versus what they probably normally do, which is I'll go on Friday and maybe I'll go on Saturday or I'll go on Saturday, maybe I'll go on Sunday and I'll buy on different days. They buy in bulk, right? And so they use those two days to buy in bulk. What ends up happening though is retailers will over discount and say, I want to generate so much revenue on these two days because I know people are gonna be buying and stocking up that yeah. I'm gonna discount heavily. And what ends up happening is you look at the, the week over week analysis and sales jump a little bit, margins go down much, yeah. much in a much more dramatic way. And that's, yeah. if you're a retailer, you don't want that, right? You want to discount because you want to take advantage of people stocking up, but you don't want to over discount. You want to be intentional when you're discounting. And so we've, through our customer success team, through our relationships with our customers, we're trying to tell a different story for that specific holiday to say, think about what you're discounting, how you're discounting, figure out what to discount. Maybe you incentivize or discount if you use a cashless payment solution because they're going to buy more. Maybe you discount items that you're hard. It's hard to get off the shelf. But I was in dispensaries in New Jersey all day on Green Wednesday, and there's a store-wide discount, 20 to 30% off on every product. And I think that's just not necessary. So there's a lot of data and a lot of applications of the data that can be used but aren't necessarily used. Um, and you know we're hoping going into next year, that that becomes more and more the norm. And we're certainly working hard with our customers to, to make that happen. And, and I see this often running one location is vastly different than running two, three, four locations. What changes with the data that an operator should look at when managing multiple stores? It's a great question. Um, I think when, when, when you have multiple locations, you have, a lot more data, right? Which is a good thing. But I think overall, you still need to zero in on the two to three data points that are gonna move your business the most, at least if you're at the operator owner level or the GM level, and you're trying to maintain you know, a certain level of performance across all of your stores, right? Which as a, mm-hmm. as a multi-location or multi-store operator, you should be. You should be looking at the totality. And I think it, it's probably, easiest to say, well, I want to look at all the data everywhere, but you want some top line data on how your business is performing across all the locations. And then you want to be able to drill down and have your GMs drill down into the specific location. So I think it's not just what data you look at, it's how the structure of your data architecture within your internal teams uh, is laid out, right? So that you're, you're looking at exactly what you need to look at, right? If you have a 20 location uh, you know, operation that you're very much in tune with how much you're selling, 
what profit margins are you maintaining? Um, you know, overall, what's your discounts? What does that look like? But just a much more hierarchical view. And then if, if you're able to have GMs that cover one or more locations themselves, that they start to drill down into their actual store's performance. And the data platform that you use, whether it's trees, retail analytics, or something else, needs to be able to give you that visibility. I mean, that's the key more than anything is, is you get that visibility and you see exactly how the entire organization is, is working and how each individual shop is, is working. Got we always uh, ask our clients, what data is really important to you? And what is the work that you have to do to get that data? Mm. And that's the work that you have to do to get the data is uh, insightful because if there's work, there's dependencies. And oftentimes uh, it's not being looked at as often as, as they should. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the work that some retailers have to use to get to a data point is just as important as the data itself. I mean, the yeah. labor cost alone that you're spending to find specific data that moves your business is huge in some instances. And so again, that's, that's where the accessibility and the visibility is, is really, really important. You, you can't afford that. You guys announced something that was uh, revolutionary in the industry at MJ biz. Can you talk a little bit about more about product catalog with metric? So it's really exciting. Um, this announcement it's, it's industry shaping in our eyes. Right. Um, and it's probably the thing that we hear the most from, from our retail customers is the lack of sophistication in creating products and maintaining products uh, is, is really, really uh, challenging, right? And it comes down to two main things. One is, like we've touched on a few times, are using their own labor, right? Often to create these products in their system. And that means hours and hours of finding the right product image, right product description, right information so that their consumers can see that on their e-commerce site or even when they're in store and so that their bud tenders know that information and can talk about it as well. So it, it takes up a huge amount of time. And by not having the right product information, there's no set standard in the space today, right? So if you're on a dispensary website, chances are, depending on who the platform is that, that's being used, you're not going to have the right product image, the right product description. So as a consumer, you lose trust and perhaps you're not, you don't have the information you need to, to make a purchase. So those two components alone are really, really impactful. And I think now for the first time, we have a really, really committed strategic partnership between trees and metric that are focused on solving this problem, right? And Metric is a really important piece to all of this because they're the starting point for all product information, right? That's where brands and manufacturers are going to create their products first in the metrics, metric platform. So by having a widget powered by trees inside of metric to guide and capture all the product information within metric and then have that information flow through the trees POS for those that are using trees for their retail operation, that's the first time that's ever happened. And mm. if you're a retailer, that's really, really important. If you're a brand, that's really important, right? You as a brand today have no real way to um, ensure that your product information is streamlined and working exactly and looking exactly how it should, 
reading exactly how, how it should. So you have less control and it's your brand. Um, if you're a retailer, you don't have access that you need to all of the accurate verified catalog or product information from these brands. So by streamlining that entire process, it gives brands the ability to control their products and make sure that it's, it's displayed and, you know, shown accurately and well. And if you're a retailer, you're going to have a much more streamlined, sophisticated process to making sure that those products are accurate um, and that uh, you too can save your labor so you don't have to do that. And that your consumers that are on your website or in your store are going to have all the accurate product information so that they can make an informed decision. And by doing that, you're going to increase your sales. So that that's this is to me, you know, groundbreaking. Um, well, and and it's really important, I think, for the entire industry, not just for for trees or or metric, but for the industry at large, to have this this process, you know, be fixed. Yeah, I can imagine how much time it takes a retailer to do this process manually. When is this going to be launched? So the the hope and the goal is that we will have you know, an MVP first version sometime in the first half of next year. John, I know that we're almost out of time. Thank you so much for your time. And, you know, we should have you back on as we get closer to launching the catalog with metric. And I'm sure that our listeners would love to hear more from you as we reach certain milestones. Yeah. I would love to come back. We're excited. Thanks, for John. Thanks so Thanks, much. John. listening to the KayaCast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app or visit our website to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes from the show. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of cannabis and help you grow, launch, and scale your business.